for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is December 7th, 2021, and today's guest is one of my buddies, Kevin Gross. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 191. And as you can tell, I am under the weather. I feel like absolute dog crap, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. And uh, throughout this podcast, you might hear a cough or two, but hey, bear with me a little bit. Uh, just It's going around. I don't have COVID. I can still taste and I can still smell. I have a head cold that my daughter gave me and uh we're good we are good so today's podcast is a good one um like i said earlier i got a buddy of mine kevin gross on he's a local guy to me here he shot an awesome buck this year on the ground uh here in michigan using a decoy so this podcast is is really cool in the fact that like kevin's went through a lot in the last couple years as far as struggling um struggling with equipment struggling with killing deer as far as like getting getting into the moment of truth but not sealing the deal and we break that all down like he knows it he 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 admits it and uh he's really tried to take the next step to be able to be successful and it's and it's starting right now so it's a really cool podcast um awesome story as well so we get into all that it's it's really cool um also just a couple housekeeping things real quick Exodus Trail Cams, Christmas is coming. You guys go over to exodusoutdoorgear.com and uh, pick up uh, a camera, uh, a, either a cell cam or a regular trail cam. And they've got a lot of accessories as well. Pick up one of those for Christmas. Um, they're awesome cameras. Check them out. Tell them I sent you and uh, go get one and, and make your hunter happy for this, uh, this Christmas. So that being said, thank you guys for all the support and all the downloads please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. If you go in there, you know, click on the fall podcast, scroll down, and it says write a review. Click on write a review. Just just you know, say hi if you want, or just say I love the podcast or I hate it. So I'm just hoping that uh, you know, each week you get an hour mental vacation from, from the fall podcast, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. So thank you guys very much, and uh, we're going to get over to this interview with Kevin. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast, and today's guest is a local guy, one of my buddies, um, Kevin Gross. Kevin, hey man, thanks for coming on and doing this. Yeah, no problem, Aaron. I've, I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. I've been looking forward to this too because, you know, you you have been, like every hunter out there, went through some struggles, you know what I mean? And you know that and everybody else knows that. And you yep. and you find everything's been starting to click the last couple of years. And you 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 did something pretty cool this year. You killed a really good oh. buck in Michigan on the ground. And uh I don't even know the story yet. You won't even tell me the damn story. So <laughs> Well, you did I I didn't want to tell it till we were on here just because sure. you'll ask a lot better questions, you know. Yeah. Hearing for sure. it for the first time. Definitely. Well, for everybody out there that doesn't know who the hell you are. Who are you, and what do you do? Well, I, like you said, my name's Kevin Gross. I'm uh, not too far away from where you live. We uh, grew up in the same neighborhood. Uh, yep. I'm a dairy farmer, uh, so I spend a lot of time outside, you know, looking around at deer, 
I got uh, two kids, and I actually just had uh, my second kid on my birthday, which is the day before uh, bowl season. So that was man, you didn't plan that out very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. I didn't want to say anything leading up into it, but I was just like, ah, oh, wife in my head. We're getting real close to having a kid during bowl season. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You can't look at like when they're born. You got to look at for the next 20 years. Like your right. opening day might be out for you. <laughs> uh, I just plan on brainwashing her enough that she just wants to bow hunt there you go. as much as I do. So. There you go. Force her, force her to do things that she doesn't probably want to do. <laughs> <laughs> She'll yeah. appreciate it when she's older. For sure. Well, cool, man. I, you know, I'm glad we could hook up here and do this. And, um, you know, let's break down a little bit for everybody listening of the areas that areas that you hunt and you farm. It's a lot like my one acre farm. It's farm country. Like break down, you know, the area that you're honing in on and ultimately you've cut your teeth on. Well, uh, I started uh, hunting here when I was a kid and the farm itself is our it's around 800 acres, but it's all fields and fence rows. We've got that much acreage and we've only got like 40 or 50 acres of woods and it's all a little five acres six acre and a few of the woods well half the woods is a park me and you could play catch with a baseball from one end of it to the other that's how you know open it is right so there's there's not a lot of cover and when the crops come off we lose a lot of a lot of deer they just you know they head elsewhere because the cover disappears once once the cover's gone the food's gone and then I hunted some, uh, I actually, when I actually started to actually get serious somewhat with hunting, I was hunting out, uh, out west of town where we live. And that was all, that was 240 acres, all woods. And that was completely different than, uh, than where I grew up hunting. So that was a, a whole new learning curve, you know, learning hunt there. And I shot one of my better bucks with my rifle there. And, uh, so that really made me like the buddies that we hunted with. We both went from hunting like farm country out there, and it took us it took us five years before we even started to figure out like, oh yeah, the deer like the bed over here, and oh yeah, this is a good pinch point. And it's a big learning curve going big from, going from yeah. going from that, but now coming back from that because we quit hunting that you know five six seven years ago, whenever it was, and now coming back to this. I think it's made it a lot easier hundred percent back to this open ground and be like, well, no doubt the deer is going to walk down this fence row. It's the, it's the only point to get from that wood yep. line to that wood line. Like yeah. sit here, stupid. It could definitely. And, and that's something I have too. Cause you know, I've got a 218 acre piece. That's all timber. And then I've got the one acre, which is it's 120 acres, but it's all farmland. And I mm-hmm. find it the same way. Like I find, learning the stuff in the big wood stuff makes it easier in the farm country but it cut it's got its challenges too getting into pieces mm-hmm. like in farm country is difficult to to oh, yeah. enter and exit you know un, unscathed where deer can't see and you're not blowing the whole thing i guess my question to you is since you've hunted both what do you like better big woods or farm country mm. well i've been dipping my toes into public the last couple of years and I really like that big woods stuff. I just never know what's, I just never know what's going to be coming, you know, around the bend in the big woods just because you can't see. Right. Like there's times where I sit out here and we have this one stand we call the Eberhardt stand. And you can see for a half mile everywhere and you see bucks every night, but you're just, if there's no deer walking your way, there's, you know, there's nothing coming because right. you can see a half mile away. So, yep. I, I but I, I, I like I, that I like though too. I like that in the fact because you get to see bucks and and shooter bucks do what they do, you know. So right. I feel like the learning, like it, it's almost expedited in a way. Like you learn more about deer behavior because, like in the big woods, you know, and the farm that I grew up hunting, you know, I've hunted it until I mean I still hunt it, but it's you know till till sixteen that I haven't hunted any farm country. But like that's what I cut my teeth on, and you might go a whole season and only see two bucks that you might shoot, and mm-hmm. so it's it can be real monotonous. It can be really like just sitting there looking at the same trees, not learning anything about deer yep. behavior. So I do yep. love seeing that deer behavior, see what they do, and and be able to 
you know, in the rut vocalize with them, you can, you can call them, you can, you know, kind of get down in their space and, and get them to come over to you. Yeah. I, and I love that part for sure. During the rut, you know, I think you've said it before, you know, gas and glassing. Yep. Like I do that all the time. Come the rut on the farm, I get done milking in the morning and I don't have time to get out in the stand, but I can, you know, take the kid to daycare and go drive around the section for an hour. Yep. And you, you figure out real quick, Oh, I got to go sit and stand over here tonight or, Ooh, I can make a play on that deer. You know, I'm going to grab that. my decoy and, and get over here and try to cut them off. And it doesn't always work out. I mean, you've got to have the, the right wind. He's got to be in the right piece of cover. You know, you got to be able to, to get in there without him seeing you or the doe seeing you. So there is that aspect that is a lot. You do get to, uh, you do get to get in the game a lot more when you can see them from a long ways away. Yep. Uh, it compared to the big woods. Well, I can put it this way: I, I've been trying to, you know, hunt, I haven't hunted real hard on public. I've done a couple hunts every year, and I've yet to see a shooter buck uh, on stand. But I've got deer on camera that are worth going after. I just haven't had the time to like fully like. Or, or as you'd say, you don't leave deer to go find deer. Yep. So it's hard for me it, to do that. And you and I've had that discussion before. Like I've got, I get good bucks and I see bucks on stand and get opportunities on private. And it's like the, the, the burning inside my belly. I want to do public at the core of me. Like I want to, but like you just said, you made a good point. Public takes time, like time you got to dedicate to it. Like I feel like in private, I can go out and jump at a stand or do a hanging hunt or whatever because I know the area. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it might be settling, but I just know there's good bucks there, and I know that it's it's convenient um, until I can get that time to go to go do some public. And it might be next year. You know, I say that every year. It might be next year. But, um, I, but I do know when you make that jump, like because I do a lot of out-of-state hunting too, when you make that jump to, to try something different, woods that you've never been a part of or, or know, your learning just gets expedited. And um, oh, I yeah. mean, in a season, you could learn in one season what you've learned in 10 years around here, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So now when you, you've stepped foot on, on public around here and you've thrown some sits at the last couple of years, have you learned more, even though you haven't seen a shooter buck from the stand, have you learned more like, in a quicker pace than you think you have growing up doing the same thing? Yeah, I think so for sure. Because, you know, I may not be seeing these deer, but I'm learning, you know, why I'm not seeing those deer. Like after I've been trying to get boots on the ground, like a lot of the time this year, I going up there to try to hunt and it's, and it's like, I'll take my bow and I'm going to just take my saddle and my sticks and I'm going to walk in here, but I'm going to try to like, just walk as much as I can and maybe settle, not settle for a spot, but I just want to learn the area. Like mm-hmm. I haven't even really seriously gone into that spot yet and been like going in for the kill. Like I've got to figure it out. Like, you know, I found the bedding area. This is where all the scrapes are at. Like I haven't found that spot yet. I found some pinch points that the deer were using during the rut. And it told me like, okay, there's some good deer in here that I need to, I need to figure out. Right. So, I guess I haven't, I haven't had the opportunity to learn much on stand, but I haven't spent a lot of time on stand. I spent a lot of time with, you know, I, I was here, you know, spend more time scouting and you sit and I think, you know, I've been trying to, trying to do that and you learn a lot doing that. That's for sure. I agree. And that's something that I struggled with. And I've really tried to implement the last two years, more of like scouting, like you talked about the gas and glass. I gas and glass around here constantly. Like I maybe have, have sat, I haven't sat much this year at all, but um, as far as hours on stand, but I maybe have sat only three or four mornings this year, and only mm-hmm. I don't think I think I don't even think I've sat one morning yet here in Michigan. To be honest with you, but like I still feel like I'm sitting when I drive around and I'm looking. Like I've done right. that just about every morning in the you know the the f- first five days of of the rut and you just see so much and you learn so much and you can make a play. Like I made a play on it and you did too. Like we're going to get into that here in a little bit, but like, I just think that's just as valuable, but it is, it is hard to get your mindset to that where it's like, you want to be in the stand. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to kill him from the truck. Well, you could, but you know, 
legalities kind of run right. into that. <laughs> so. Well, there's also like a lot of times I get, you know, well, you're just driving around. What do you, you, you got to get out there if you're going to kill them. And it's like, gosh, like I get it, but like you can go burn your spots up too. If you're just being like, I got to get in the stand. I got to get in the stand. I can learn just as much from driving around the section in the morning. I can learn more than going sitting in one stand or just being like, I have to go sit. I have to go sit. Yep. Well, I might burn that spot out, and then I'm and then I'm pigeonholed to just sitting in that tree, yep. staring out into that one field. And and I know not everybody's you know situation is like mine that you've got a couple sections you can go drive around, and you've got permission, and you know you got property that you can go hunt on. So not everybody's got almost a thousand acres to go drive around, and you know, right. oh, I gotta go check this property, I go check that property. But I mean, you don't need that much property to go do it. I mean if you've got a couple different spots there's so many times like my cousin, uh, a couple years ago, he ended up not finding the deer, but I was driving around that morning and he was coming up early for some reason. And I'm like, get in the truck. Like there's a buck out in this cornfield and he's with a doe. And I watched him run right by the stand. I'm like, I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to drop you off. And you're going to walk back to that blind, that stand. 20 minutes later, he calls me. I shot the buck. I shot the buck. Well, <laughs> you don't get that opportunity if you're either not in the stand or, right. or or you're just at home or you're or you're sitting in a stand. Yep. And so, and and I think if we're comparing and contrasting big woods to to farm country, farm country that works. Big country, I I I not saying it doesn't work, but I yes, I will say you probably need to get in the stand in the mornings right. and, and and get in boots on the ground because um, you can't yep. see obviously as much. But I love being able to see. I love you know it happens to everybody. It's like man, I've had this buck on camera, been watching him in the beans all summer. Where did he go? You know, you do a loop around the the section, and it's like oh there he is. He's on so and so's mm-hmm. property. He's shifted a little bit south. It's like okay, right. then that that you learn that too. You learn like how deer use in areas and. You know, I just, I just think the learning curve, you can expedite it so quickly yeah. and, and learn so much. You get an inventory of what's around in the area too. Like, yep. uh, what was I going to say? The, the, like the deer this year driving around all summer and all, all fall this year, we didn't really have that good of a year for bucks around here. We had a couple, we had a couple decent, there were close to one thirty, and then the neighbor shot the one. So then it really like opened my, you know, I was like, I got to try some different stuff this year. I'm like, I, you know, the deer really aren't on the farm as I, you know, you don't see all the deer, but I had a pretty good idea that there wasn't that 140 that we have running right. around every year. So it made me a lot easier for me to try a couple different things and, and branch out a little bit this year. Yep. Definitely. Well, let's, let's, let's pivot a little bit here. So, you know, let's kind of break down when you kind of really started taking, you've hunted your whole life, but when did you take that leap of like, I'm, I'm like, I'm invested. Like you always feel like you're invested. You and I've talked about mm-hmm. it. I felt like I was really invested. When I was in high school and college, but I wasn't, you know what I mean? It's like, I really got invested after college and I hunted all the time, but I thought like, you know, it, it, it just wasn't, I wasn't that serious about it. So when did you get real serious and was like, I'm, I'm investing everything into this and, and I'm going to go forward with it. Oh, that's probably, probably as recently as like four or five years ago. I, uh, I sat one morning and I saw a buck come out of this little woodlot and he came to check this scrape and I called my buddy and I'm like, I got to get a stand over there where this scrape was at. So I got it. Let's go. I got a, I got a ladder stick in a stand, not mobile at all. And we'll go throw it up. Well, we busted through this bean field at like 11 in the morning, put up the, put up the, uh, set wasn't quiet at all well, i went and sat it <laughs> yeah went and sat it that night lo and behold he comes right back out and checks that scrape and i shot him no and i was way. just like yeah and right then i was like whoop this is it this is the way i want to hunt like i want to take the the fight to the deer i just don't want to sit and i don't want to set up three tree stands you know every every uh summer and just go rotate between you know more than three but just rotate between you know right. four or five eight stands yep so it was probably then when it, it really clicked and I was just like, yep, this is, this is how I want to do things. Yeah. And so then that was like your light bulb moment. Like shit, man, I can do this. This is fun. This is a new challenge. Right. Right. And 
yeah, that was that was the moment where I was like, I, I want to really start taking this seriously. Like you said, I always thought I was taking it seriously. Like, oh, yeah, we're a big, big deer hunter. You know, we deer hunt with all my buddies every every fall and been doing it for years. And but never really like looking into like studying like every night I'm at home looking on the onyx, like cruising through public ground around me and like, oh, that looks like a little good pinch point. Oh, that swamp's got a little spot there. And, you know, it seems like every night I'm at home now, like watching YouTube videos and (laughs) grinding, grinding through onyx. And, you know, I think I've got every hunting app you can have on my phone. Like, I, I'm glad my wife doesn't listen to me. She'd shit. She probably seen all the money I spend on hunting subscriptions <laughs> every year. <laughs> oh, hey, it's better than porn, I would think, right? Unless you might have, <laughs> right. unless you have a porn subscription too. <laughs> no, I, I don't have one of those. I don't have one of those. I don't even. I, who pays for that shit? Who's got a membership? I don't know if I want to meet the guy that's got a membership to that. Oh God, uh, let's not get into that. It's gonna take a weird <laughs> turn. Oh, uh, so you know, as of recently you've really taken that next step and, and, and trying to do the mobile thing, but you've also, you've kind of, you've had some struggles as far as like equipment goes, you know, with a bow and stuff like that, like kind of break that down and and your, your bumps and bruises along the road that you've kind of went through your ebbs and flows. Yeah. Struggles to say the least. Uh, so like when I shot that buck, I was using the crossbow and I had wounded some deer before that. Uh, I wounded, uh, the first year I came back to work on the farm was seven years ago, I think. And that first fall coming back from hunting the big woods. So it was seven years ago. I come back to hunt the farm the first fall. Uh, I had my regular bow and I wounded a 130 some inch hemp point. And then the fall after that, I wounded another nice buck. And then I'm like, screw this. This is with a, with a compound, ball. right? Well, this is with a compound. Yep. Yep. This is with a compound. And then, uh, I get to that year, I shoot the crossbow, I think it was four or five years ago. And then the year after that, I wounded one. And then last year, I think the most recent, I went full mobile and I was, you know, it really put a spotlight on how, like, everyone thinks the crossbow is like some big advantage. And, you know, it has its advantages, but I didn't have a thousand dollar crossbow. I had a four hundred dollar I don't even know what the name, I forget the name of it was. And it was heavy and it was bulky and being in the tree, like trying to be mobile and moving all over the place. So that became, it was just a pain in the butt. And then like last year I wounded two bucks and one of them, I think the first one I uh, was up hunting in public ground during the rut. I left the farm. I know it's as dumb as that sounds. I left during the rut and went up to public ground and I was hunting up there. My wife calls me and she's like, there's a shooter buck right across the road from my house. And we'll get into this little wood lot across the road from my house in the story in a second. But she's like, there's a buck. He's been chasing does all morning. You need to come home. He's right across the road from the house. So I drive an hour and 20 minutes home. I get home at like noon and she's like, this is trick or treating. And this is the first year I had my kid. She's like, we got to go trick or treating at four o'clock, so you've got to be back here by four. <laughs> she calls you, tells you to come home, but then she's like, "Oh, we got to go trick or treating." <laughs> yeah. Well, I was coming home anyways, but she's like, "You need to come home early and try to shoot this buck." So I get all, I get home, I get all my gear set up, and I get crawling into the, uh, the woods. The it's blowing out of the south. The wind is, and I get on the north side of the woods, and there we have cattle. It's a, by a cattle pasture, and we have a lane that goes along that woods. Well. I get in that lane and I belly crawl along the lane and I get into the woods. I get set up inside the woods where I think I need to be. And I crawl up the tree 15 feet and I look over and there's this buck bedded down 55 yards away. So I I did the impossible. I belly crawl, belly crawled into his bedroom. I got set up 55 yards from him. And there he is. Well, get my crossbow up and I'm just like, no, he's too far away. I grunt at him and he comes to 40, like two yards. Well, there's a limb right in front of me and I'm trying to get away from it with my saddle. I'm leaned way out away from the tree. I shoot. The crossbow hits the limb and it messes with my shot and the shot goes right underneath him. The buck jumps and runs towards me closer. So I'm in the tree with the crossbow trying to recock the thing. Recocked it and I think he's 
I think he's quartering to me at ways, but in reality, looking back on it, he was pretty broadside, and I shot him where I thought was a good shot and ended up being center mass and blah, blah, blah. We didn't find him. And then I did the same thing later on. Uh, I think like just a couple days later, I got done working in the morning. I went to go drive around and I'm like, I'll take my rattle and horns and I'll walk back into this little piece. Uh, this is kind of just down the road from where most of our farm ground is. And I'm like, I'll walk back into this little sand pit. There's a little high spot and the deer cross right through there. Well, I'm back in there five minutes. I hit the horns. Next thing you know, here comes a, a shooter buck chasing a doe right in front of me. I'm sitting on the ground on top of this little hill, like stuck out like a sore thumb. Well, he didn't care. He come running down into the middle and I grunted and I stopped, stopped him and I pull up and shoot. And I did what I've done before. I get target panic and I just, I pull up the scope and I thought switching from a compound to a crossbow was going to take all that away. You know, I was just going to be able to look and scope with crosshairs on him, And it was going to be the end of the, you know, end of my problems. Well, it, it, it didn't, it just is the same thing. You just pull up, I'd get him in the scope. Boom. Well, so that's a little bit of the struggles from, uh, <laughs> where, so probably, where were you when you're, when you're shooting these deer and wounding them, like, where are you hitting? I'm like, like center, center mass, like and back in my head, center mass or cause a lot of guys shoot center mass and it's, you know, like a double lung kind of thing or yeah, is it more no, gut? It got, got center mass. Okay. The one I thought the second one I hit on the ground, I thought I smoked them, but in my head this whole time. Cause I had penetration issues with the crossbow on a couple of them that I've wounded in previous years. Yep. So in my head this past year, oh, this has been last season. I'm in my head. I'm just like, stay away from the shoulder, stay away from the shoulder, stay away from the shoulder. So that's, so, that's like a burden too. It's like you, when you go yeah. to full draw or, or, you know, with your crossbow bearing down a crossbow, it's like you're worrying about that shoulder and it kind of brings you closer to the shoulder or takes you farther away, way yeah. too far, you know, way too far. And that's what I think was happening with me as I was in my head. I'm just sitting thinking, don't hit that shoulder. Remember what happened last year? Like don't hit the shoulder. And then I was doing the opposite. I was going too far back on a deer and I was getting pass throughs, but it was passing right through where the deer weren't going to die. And yep. Both the deer, I, the first one I hit, I gave 12 hours and I left the woods. We walked all, I mean, I drove around that woods all day, never came out. My wife was watching when it happened. So I'm like, give him 12 hours. He hadn't come out of the woods. I'm like, he's going to be dead. No, he wasn't. We looked in the woods and looked and looked. So coming into this season, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I got to redo like my whole, like my whole thing. Like, did you Not ever did you did, ever look into anything like coming into the season like okay I need to really hone in on my shooting skills and like slowing the moment yes. down in the moment yep. like what what yep. were those things that you took you know maybe some information reading watching videos like what did you do to like kind of get you prepared for that that moment I I listened to there's some podcasts I listened to like I think uh Bull Martinic had a podcast a while ago just talking about target panic and uh just listen to podcasts and just practicing like i never practiced enough with my crossbow because i could just pull the crossbow up it's kind of people think it's the easy button kind of thing yeah you know yeah you think it's an easy button and it's i mean at least for me it wasn't but uh this year i i i'm like i'm going back to compound like i want to redo my arrow setup i want to be able to aim where I want to aim like in the vitals, not worry about that shoulder and just, I want, I want two holes in a deer and I want to be able to not worry about that shoulder. Cause I want to be hunting from the ground. Like going into this year, I really yep. wanted to, I, like I, I built my whole setup to be able to hunt off the ground and hunt uh mobile uh, with my saddle and sticks. Yeah. So going and, into this year, that was my main focus. Yeah. And you know, going with a heavier setup is, I know it's kind of the, the cool thing to do now and everybody's like oh i'm not gonna be clean i did it you know i think i might even go a little heavier next year but i went to a a, a single bevel broadhead and you know the <laughs> i i couldn't be any happier i'm i'm not gonna lie to you i shot a rage for 12 years have no issues with a rage i do not mm -hmm. i've killed a lot of deer with them lost one deer two deer sorry with them and in, in 12 years and uh 
you know, but my whole thing was I wasn't passing through deer. Like the arrow was yeah. not zipping through deer. I was sticking, you know, the arrow in deer, hitting the offside shoulder, hitting a shoulder, and I was still recovering them, but I'm like, I kind of want to try something different. And that's, and this right. year, dude, I, my Ohio buck, and I know a lot of people have heard it. I shot him right in the chest and it zipped right through him. <laughs> like yep. it, it, yep. it, this setup I have is, is deadly. So I totally get yeah. what you're saying. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Yep. And like I, I went, I think I'm heavier than you are this year. I'm at 652 grains with a 200 grain single bubble. On yeah. The you're throwing a Peter build out there. I, <laughs> I'm more but of like a one ton truck I, right now. <laughs> I heard, I, I forget where I heard it, but I was, they were talking about like the way deer react when they're hit with an arrow. Like if a deer is hit lethally, but it's got an arrow hanging out the side of it and it only went through halfway, that deer's going to run like a raped ape it screaming because it's got an shock. arrow hanging out. Yep. Yeah, it sends yeah. him in shock. Yeah. And if that arrow just zips right through him, hits in the ground, and that deer has no idea what the hell just happened, he's going to trot off 20, 30 yards and go, oh, and fall over and die. Yep. And that's exactly what my did the deer this year. He went 20 yards and died. Yeah, so, my Illinois deer did that. You know, I thought I missed him. It zipped through him, and he ran away with his tail up, like, bounded off, ran to 50 yards. I'm like, shit, I just missed him, like, low. And uh, <laughs> he piled up right there. My Michigan deer shot him, zipped right through him, and he walked. I watched him walk 30 yards, and then he, I could tell I hit him in the guts. But um, mm-hmm. that was my own fault. But he had no idea that I that he, an arrow just went through him. And then when he, he did feel it, I watched him walk. You know, because he was starting to get sick, but it, there is there is something behind that, man. I I firmly believe in that. Yeah, and yeah, that may be a lethal hit, and he might only run two hundred yards, but that two hundred yards, he might plug up, he might take a left when you think he took a right, and it might make it a lot harder to find that deer, even though it was a lethal hit. Yep, for sure. No, I agree. Um, okay, so let's get back on track here. Little rabbit hole. That's fine though. Uh, <laughs> so coming into this year. You know, you're shooting a lot more, you're practicing, you're getting ready for that moment. Like, when did you, when did it hit you? Like, okay, I am dialed. Like, you know, I am ready. Well, it didn't hit me until that deer was dead. Because <laughs> I, I didn't have any, I didn't have anything to prove it to myself right, yet. Right. That I, I could do it again. You know, or yep. I, I could do it. So it was just a lot of practice. And I think shooting my bow during season it's something that I need to do more of and that uh, I haven't done enough of in the past that, that gave me a little bit more confidence. Just yep. like, cause there's times where you, in season, you might not shoot your ball for two weeks and it just gets in your head. Like, is it still sighted in for sure. Well, remember when I was lowering that down the other day and I kind of bumped it, like did, yep. I, bump it, did I bump it off or like yep. just having that little reassurance, I guess, you know, in the back of my head that helped out a little bit more. Yeah, and that's something I did not to refer back, but my Illinois buck, the day, two days before I shot him, I went out and I'm like, I haven't shot from an elevated platform in since like middle of the summer, and I'm shooting and and from an elevated platform because, and then I shot at I shot up to 60 yards just to make sure I was good at 48 yards. I Robin Hood and arrow, and I'm like, okay, yeah, we're good, <laughs> we're good here. Yeah. We got confidence, you know. So yes, yeah. I agree. That goes. That goes a long way, and this even if you throw four or five arrows down the pipe, you know that's all yep. you really need just to give you that reassurance. I agree. Yep, I I shoot just like one. Like I, I try to just make like make one shot count when I yep. when I like do it. Like I walk up to the house after work and I'd grab my bow 
and just, you know, one shot, make act like this is going to be the shot. You're going to shoot this deer. Yep. And you don't need to go shoot 40 arrows a day to, you know, keep yourself sharp. Just right. shoot a couple, shoot a handful. One cold shot. Clint Casper does one cold shot. You know, he loves yeah. to, in the morning, he'll get up and he'll just throw a cold shot out at a target that he doesn't know how far it is. He guesses, you know, it's like, okay. So, well, that's either, that's a pretty good way to reenact the hunting situation. For sure. Cause yeah. you don't, you don't get to warm up when you're getting ready to shoot a buck. <laughs> right. Exactly. So take, take me through October. Like what's, what's going on? Like leading up to the day. Well, starting off, well, like I said, I had my kid the day before. So opening day was you're batting a thousand then. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I didn't bow hunt till like, I think it was like the 16th of October. I didn't go out hunting just with work. We were doing harvest and having a kid in early part of October. Uh, well, it was like more in the middle. I, I got sick in the first part of October and thought wasn't COVID got better. And then middle part of October, I got COVID and I was pretty freaking sick for, but I still went hunting. I still, I still went out and still worked. And, uh, so I didn't get to hunt as much as I wanted to, obviously just with the kid. And I throw, I throw a couple sits, you know, I think I only sat, five or six times before uh the day that i got my deer and i think most of those sits were uh in the evening i don't know if i i don't know if i had hunted a morning yet until that until that day maybe maybe once yep. i don't know i can't remember so were you seeing the bucks that you want to see or were you getting close or how was that shaking out i hadn't seen a deer yet that i wanted to shoot on on stand i was seeing some decent two-year-olds i was seeing deer just I wasn't seeing any deer that I wanted to see on the farm. So the piece I went out uh, where I got the deer is not a part of the farm. It's just a free permission, me and a buddy uh, hunt out on it. So I was just looking to kind of change things up, honestly. Did you have cameras on that piece that's not part of the farm? I had uh, one camera out there all summer. I think I pulled it sometime in uh, late August or something. Okay. Uh, I had it out there all summer, and I had nothing but does, and I had two twin spikes, and the spikes were maybe three inches. <laughs> Those are the only deer with any sort of uh, antler on top of their head that I had on camera. Break down this farm, then. What what does this consist of? So it's 160 acres, and it's all farm ground. They literally went around the outside of it with a brush hog this year and pushed back all it's all woods around it. And they had already taken out damn near every tree possible on the piece to, uh, to maximize the farm ground. And, uh, this year they took a brush hog and brushed back all the, the brush that had kind of grown in a little bit. So we have, Oh, what do we got? Three tree stands on that piece. And that's probably the only three trees that are, uh, that you can put a tree stand in. I and I you. wouldn't even say they're in good spots. They're just there because it's the only only spot we can put a tree stand. Right. So what's the crop on the ground this year? It's it's in a uh, potato and corn rotation. So this year it's corn, and the corn is actually still up. It's December first, and it's all still up still. Okay. But so I mean, what would be your game plan then? I mean, obviously corn. You got standing corn. It's like hell yeah. Like right. this is gonna make it make it a little bit a little better um what was your game plan going into the rut i guess or in 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 figuring out how to kill something on here and i guess why did you even go hunting if you didn't know anything was there so i went out there the night before i the night before i killed the deer i went out there the night before and i was i was just looking to kill some time honestly because i got out of work and it was too late to go sit anywhere so i'm like well i'm gonna drive out here i'll grab the decoy and my uh my rattling antlers and we'll go uh we'll go walk out there and we'll find a spot to sit up maybe we can rattle something in so i drive by uh the field and right off the main road the neighbor's corn is half gone so i'm like ooh, i'm like okay that's interesting some corn's gone that might get some deer moving and there is a little corner it's like six acres that is timber there but it's all it's like right on the corner of the road it's all like popple trees that are no bigger than your than your forearm, so you really can't uh, hunt on this spot. Is that? Sorry, sounds like an alarm going off. 
I don't uh, hear it. So, uh, yeah, it was me. So I am like, I'm going to go sit up by this little spot. There's some, there's some brush right there. So I kind of lied when I said there's, it's all, it's all, uh, tillable. There is this little, but it's right on the corner of this paved road and this other road. There's a, it's and at it's, a T corner, right? Yeah. It's at a T corner. Yep. So I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go set up downwind of this spot. Maybe I can rattle something out of there. Well, as I'm driving by there, I see this little, I don't know, it's like a little four point. I'm like, Okay. All right. Maybe he's satelliting something a little nicer. I'll go around the back side and I'll get set up. Well, I, I get in there and I get the decoy set up and I'm hiding right on the edge of the uh, edge of the corn and uh, I'm hiding behind this little bush. So I don't uh, I don't rattle the horns or anything. I just take my grunt call and I start grunting and I start taking the horns and just raking the brush. Uh, and I'm clearing a spot where I can sit at the same time with the horns, yep. making like a scrape. So I'm clearing out the ground. So it's, I don't have anything to make any noise. What day well, is this? What time of year is this? This is October 29th, the okay. night before. Okay. And I don't know, five, 10, maybe not even five minutes. Maybe two minutes goes by after I get done making this scrape. I see, I catch deer coming my way. And I'm like, Oh crap, here we go. So I get my phone out and I can tell it's a decent, I, I can tell it's a decent buck, but it's not what I was looking for. But I told my buddy I hunt with, I said, if I get a basket eight that comes into uh, this setup tonight on the ground, I'm smoking them. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's going to be, it's going to be cool and be on the ground. I'm like, I'm like, so I'm just, I'd smoke them. So he comes in and he's a two year old basket eight and I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm That's not going to do it. That's good. So I, <laughs> I, I acted like it was the real deal though. I, I pulled back the bowl behind the, the brush and I stood up and he was at like 20 yards and, and that, that two year old about shit himself when he seen me stand up, <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and he, Oh crap. And he bounded off. And I'm like, well, that was probably the nicer buck that maybe I envisioned that little deer satellite. Maybe that was the deer that was with the doe in my yep. head. I was thinking that anyway. So I'm like, I got to back out of here and I want to drive by that cut cornfield before it gets dark and i just want to see if there's any deer coming out there so i drive by there like it's like probably not shooting right left but i can see deer out there there's like a hundred deer out there so i'm like oh boy i gotta i gotta hunt here in the morning i gotta i gotta get on the edge of our corn which is still standing and their cut cornfield uh somewhere there's a fence row that in uh, that goes in between this two fields that's uh, 10 or 15 yards wide and it's got all mile of every once in a while and some smaller trees so it's kind of a dirtier fence row yep and that was cutting that off so i'm like i gotta get in that fence row somewhere and you know i'll just sit up and maybe i can make a move on a deer if, if there's a good deer out there so i go home that night and the wind is not ideal like i know that back corner where i have to be it's got a rock pile it's got a bunch of uh, junk in it and i know the deer come in and out of that field right in that corner so i'm like i gotta get down there well the wind just wasn't gonna let me do it it was blowing out of the the northeast but more north than east yeah so it was gonna blow right out into that cut field so i'm like unless the deer walks right you know reads the script if anything is out in that field i'm gonna blow it right out and it's gonna be pointless for me to sit out there so that night i'm like well all right i'll take the decoys and there's uh at one end of the uh cornfield there's we call it the walnut grove it's the neighbors it's kind of it's got a bunch of olive olive growing up and it's like planted walnut trees well the walnut trees are probably 100 years old and it's real thick in there and I, it looks like great bedding cover i've never been in there but it looks great yep so I was sitting up right at the point of that where it goes out into that field that morning. So I got out, well, to start that morning, I, uh, I ended up having to breed a cow for work at four 30 in the morning. So I had to wake up <laughs> wait, and this was before the time changed. So my cousin was supposed to drop off the decoys, uh, that night before, and I was going to use them in the morning. Well, he forgot to drop them off because they went to a Halloween party and had a few too many lattes and, forgot to drop them off so after i got done breeding that cow i'm like i'll just drive into town he lived right uh, he lives 20 minutes from me so i'm like i'll have plenty of time before light i'll drive into town i'll grab the decoy i'll swing by mcdonald's i'll get i'll get a coffee and a mcmuffin it'll be a great start to the morning <laughs> and uh, this was like the first day my wife had like 
given me permission to like go go <laughs> hunt for the day. Like it was my weekend off of work. So I was going to, it was going to be a day like later on in the day. You're I was looking forward to, go, to this day. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I was looking forward to it. So later on that day, I was supposed to head up to that public piece and go throw a sit at that. Well, I get to McDonald's and the people at McDonald's, it says it's open. I sat in the freaking line for 15, 20 minutes, like banging on the doors. I called them. I could see people walking around in there. I wanted a freaking coffee. Well, they, they they finally, someone comes walking out and I'm like, Hey, are you guys open? Oh no, we don't open for another hour. And I'm like, and it says they're open. The lights are on drive through. So I'm pissed and my morning's off to a terrible start. So I, I grabbed the decoys and I'm out, I'm still out there in plenty of time because it was before the time changed and it didn't get light till like eight o'clock or whatever it does. What are you using for decoys? I had a Montana. Uh, it's just a 2D uh, fabric decoy. It's got stakes sticking in the ground. A buck and or a doe? It's, it's a buck and a doe. Okay, gotcha. And uh, the buck is just a little, old, stupid-looking four-point yep. small buck. So I get set up there in the morning, and I'm set up so my wind is kind of, it's like, it's not blowing out into the field. It's kind of crosswind, but I'm far enough to the west that I'm not putting any scent out in the field. I, I set the buck and the doe decoy up right on the edge because I can't shoot on the other side of the fence roll. So I got him just on our side and I sat there. A bunch of deer came out in the field. There's a couple small bucks, a couple does. And like, it gets to like eight 30 that morning and I'm getting impatient already. I'm already getting impatient and I'm just like, I've already made a couple grunt and a couple rattle uh, sequences. And cause I'm, I want to, I'm trying to be aggressive and trying to force the issue here. Have you seen any and, deer yet? I've seen a couple small bucks, but they're like 400 yeah, yards yeah. Yep. away, other side of the field. Yep. I'm not seeing anything close. So as soon as I'm like getting impatient, I look up and here he comes out of the corner of the woods, right where I wanted to sit up that morning. So I'm just like, oh my god, it would have been perfect. He would have came. Uh, I'm just, I'm beside myself. How far is he away? He's like 400 yards away, and oh. I can clear his day. See a big old rack. <laughs> So I called my buddy that I hung out there with, and I'm just like, you're never going to believe it. I'm like, that spot I wanted to get to, I'm like, he came right out, and uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm standing there talking on the phone, just pissed, and then I'm just like, he's sitting there just feeding, not doing anything. I thought he was going to come out, work a scrape, chasing deer around, and, you know, go about his business, and, not come, and you know, off out of my life he was going to go. He comes out there and he's just kind of mingling around. He did come out and check his scrape. And he was up on his back legs working the looking branch, but then he just was like feeding. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, like he's not paying any attention to what's going on. I'm like, I got to try to cut some distance because I don't think he can see the decoys from where I'm at just because the way the angle he was at and the, the way the brush was in the fence row. I'm like, I don't think he can see what's going on. So, I grab the buck decoy, I crawl up to the buck decoy, and I grab my bow and my release, and I leave everything else where I was at. And I, I'm belly crawling. Well, I'm not belly crawling. I'm, like, on my knees holding the decoy in front of me, yeah. like, going down the fence row. And I'm trying to be quick as I can because I don't want to take my time. I want to get, get where I think I need to be, which was, like, another 150 yards up. It was the low spot in the field, and the deer – always want to you know the deer always want to come in and out of the little spot of the field generally in my experience yep so and i could tell the way the crops were right there that all the corn right there was real browsed down like for the first 10 15 rows so you could tell deer had been coming in and out of that spot all year so i i belly crawled down to that spot and uh, as i'm coming down this uh the trail here uh, because there's a tr heavy deer trail on our side and I haven't even walked on this side of the property since last hunting season. I haven't even set foot out there on that, this side of the road, the fields on two different sides of the roads and I'm on the East side of the field. So I'm like, man, there's a lot of good deer tracks. And that I'm like, that looks like a big buck track. And I'm like, I think this is the spot. I put the decoy in the corn, like two or three rows because the corn's real short. So he can see it clear as day. And yep. I got it to where there was like a gap in the brush. So I'm like, all right, I think he can see this decoy from where I'm at. And I get, I crawl back to uh, where there's some trees. And while I get to these trees and 
lo and behold, I look and these trees are just rubbed all the hell, like waist high up to my, up to the middle of my belly. I'm just like, this has got to be his rub. I'm like, I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to let him see this decoy and let, let everything unfold in front of me. So I'm standing there in this brush and this brush is like not tall enough that I can stand up and not be seen. So I've got to kind of crouch a little bit. So I'm like doing like the splits almost, but I'm standing there just so I lower myself enough right, to, yep. to just get up over it. And I'm watching him. He's working my way. And every, every once in a while, he'd pick his head up and look right over at me. And I'm like, okay, I think he's seeing the decoy. So I'm like, I'm just going to shut up and let him do his thing. And he's working, he's working my way. And there's a strip of corn in the middle of this field that they left up. That's probably 20 rows wide but it's the whole length of the field, which is like a half mile. So in my head, I'm just thinking he's going into that corn, that strip, and that's where he's going to be the rest of the day. But he's working. He's still working right at me. So I'm just like, all right, it's, it's happening. I think and he gets to And I cut the distance from probably about 300 at the time to about 150. So I got, I got pretty close to him before I said like, okay, this is, this Far is going to be the spot. Yep. Yeah. I didn't want to get any closer. So he's veering my way and every once in a while I poke my head back up and look and, that, and he's at a hundred yards. And when he gets to a hundred, cause I range some stuff as soon as I got to that spot. Cause I'm like, I need to, you know, I need to know the ranges cause I'm not going to have time to range him when he gets in. I need to already have an idea of what's going on around me. So as he's coming in the whole time too, I'm snapping branches off behind me. And I'm clearing a path so I don't make any noise if I've got to stand up or move while he's coming in. And uh, he gets to 100 and he cuts into uh, where the brush is at. There's a bunch of brush right there. So I lose sight of him. So I'm like. He's still coming your way, though? Like he's committed, you think? He's still coming my way. Like he's committed. I think he's committed. I think when I got to 150 and got settled back in and looked up, he was like looking right at me and not having a care in the world, but he was, he was fixed on that decoy. I'm pretty yep. sure. Okay. And, uh, he, he cut into that side and I lost sight of him and it was probably only um, 30 seconds go by, but it felt like an hour and I wasn't seeing him. And I was just like, Oh God, he just went into the corn and I'm going to lose him, and I'm not going to see him again. So I'm like, do I grunt? Do I rattle? What do I do? Well, I poked my head back up and there he is at 80 yards. I could just see a rack. Oh geez. So I'm like, I'm like, Oh God. I'm like, Oh God. Oh, this is really going to happen. So I get down on my knees and I, I get knocked and I, uh, and he's, uh, he's coming in. I pulled back up and he's at like 50 and the whole time in my head, I'm thinking this isn't happening. Like, <laughs> so he's coming down no... the, the corn edge, right? Yep. He's, he came into our side and, you know, the farmer didn't farm right up to that fence row. There's like enough room. It's probably 30 inches, like a corn row where the deer yep. are walking right on the edge of the corn. Yep. It's like a beat down cattle path. Yep. So he's coming right down that. And then I duck down when he's at 50 and I'm like, next time I pop up, this is probably going to have to be it. Well, I just poked my head up a little bit. And he's right next to the decoy. Oh God. And he's got it. <laughs> he's got his head up. And I think he's looking at me because he could probably see my head bobbing around trying to see what the hell is going on. So he gets up next to that decoy and I'm on my knees and I go to full draw while I'm still on my knees and I just stand up and he's facing quarter and hard, hard at me. So with my arrow set up, I said, I'm putting it on that right shoulder that's facing me and I'm sending this, I'm sending this bitch. And I, I pulled the trigger on my thumb release and he turned so fast that I thought I hit him way back. Uh -huh. or, or missed him completely because when he's facing you like that the slightest change in angle completely changes where that shot's gonna go yep so i uh, i'm just like oh my god i missed him or i hit him i hit him in the ass so he runs off like 20 yards and i can only see his rack and he stops i'm just like yep i screwed up i did it again and here we go again and so I grab my binoculars and I kind of step out off to the side a little bit where I get a better angle and I see blood on his exit wound, but it's way back. And I'm just like, all right, there's blood. Then, ne then next thing I hear, <coughs> <coughs> and I'm like, oh God. And then his ass starts wobbling and he falls over. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, no way. No way that this just happened.
I've never had a deer fall within sight. And even when he fell over, I was sitting there waiting for him to get back up. Like, like get back up and <laughs> like, on. And you know what's going to happen? Like, he just probably tripped. He probably tripped, and he's just going to get up and keep walking. Stubbed his toe. Like, I've been, yeah, he I've been here he before. His toe. <laughs> so oh. I'm like, oh, my God, there's no way that just happened. Yeah. So when, when, arrow, he, when he came into you and he was sitting at the decoy, did he bristle up at all? Or was he trying to fight oh yeah, or he, was he like? He was all, I couldn't see him all that well because I, I was trying to stay so low. So most of the time, the only thing I could see was like his neck and up. But from what I could see, he looked like he was full, full alert, bristled up, like head cocked a little bit. But when I stood up, he looked up at me and was just like, what are you? And I don't know how it didn't take me long to settle in, obviously, because, but the whole time this is happening, I'm going through my head, slow down, Yep. slow down, slow down. Like this is actually happening. Slow down. Like don't rush the shot. Like he doesn't know you're here. Just slow down. You don't need to rush it. Yep. So when I, when I stood up and I went back and like, just pick a spot, slow down. So my wife, my wife just kept telling me all season was like, Cause we talked about like how the target can, she's like, just take your head, slow down, slow down. So in my head, I'm sitting there, slow down, slow down. And well, it worked cause I didn't hit him in the shoulder and I wanted to hit him in the shoulder because the night before, uh, I, I forget what YouTube channel did it, but they did like a comparison, like penetration wise with fixed and expandables and blah, blah, blah. And I got into a couple discussions with my buddies and I'm like, I can't wait till I'm just going to run one right through the shoulders, full pass through, bury in the ground. Like, and then I'll, sh- then I'll show you what's up. Well, <laughs> very next day, it I don't know how it didn't hit the shoulder, but it, it went right behind the shoulder. It double lunged them, and it came out the backside and buried buried into the ground like a foot or two. <laughs> so he wasn't quartering to you as hard as you thought then? It, I think he was, but he was fuller, and when, when he, he turned so fast, I mean, it was a matter of three inches from it being his shoulder to just behind the shoulder. So, like, did he whirl? Right. Did he whirl when you hit the trigger, basically? Like, he was like, oh, fuck. You know, and then you hit the trigger and he's like whirling. So, as you saw him, when you were like, what you were thinking, he was quartering hard, but really, he was more broadside when the arrow went through him then. Right. Yeah, when the arrow went through him, he was a lot more broadside. But it came—it was weird because the arrow came back like behind his rib cage where he thought it would have caught at least the liver or some guts, and it didn't. It double lunged him and came out. Must have just missed the liver and out out back. But that just goes to show you how much a deer can flex when you're yeah. shooting them. Like you think you're hitting them where you're at, but yeah, it was just yeah, it was. He whirled so fast that that's that's what happened. That's crazy, dude. So. Yep. He trips and stubs his toe, and <laughs> he's he's bleeding all over. So obviously he expired. How far did he go? Yeah. Uh, I didn't pace it off, but he probably couldn't have ran more than twenty twenty to forty yards. Wow, that's but awesome. he he got to he got to like twenty where he bounded, and then he just stopped. Yeah, and that the arrow went through him so quick, he had no idea what happened. He stopped, flicked his tail, then started walking back to where he came from. Yep. And I was just like, oh, my God, like he's going to just walk out of my life. Well, he didn't know what happened. He just he was a dead man walking. Yeah, dude, it, there's something behind that. You know, there's something about that arrow blitzing through him and they have no idea. And he was rutted up, too. You know, he was he was getting ready to kick someone's ass, you know. Right, right. How, how before we get to the walk up, how did you set the decoy up? Like what way was the decoy facing? Like how was your setup there? Uh- I had it angled like at like a 45 degree angle from where he would have been coming from because it just with it being 2d, I didn't want to angle it sideways for him to like, cause just with the way he was coming, I wanted it at a 45, but he was going to have to, he was going to have to come downwind to me. I went downwind and I didn't think he was going to loop back out around me yep. once he crossed. So he, he couldn't have caught my wind and, I had it upwind to me probably 10 yards is the way I had it set up. So just in my head, I'm like, I'm going to put it up there 10, 15 yards. I'm going to get downwind, and hopefully he comes right down the pipe. <laughs> so the <laughs> wind was coming from him to you then? Yep. He really? walked. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. He did not have the wind in his favor. And another little side note here, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was out stalking around, and I walked up on a bedded buck. And I wa- actually, I watched the buck 
come up out of the stick stuff, kick this doe off of where she was feeding. He fed around. He bedded down, and then he faced upwind where he came from. He never once looked downwind of him in the open timber. Really? Yeah. I I mean, he was a two-year-old, but that was an interesting little behavior thing that I saw, and it was just like you would have never thought, you know, common logic says the buck's going to bed down, then he's going to look look uh you know downwind where he can't smell yeah for sure so so this all transpires you're probably like a little schoolgirl if you're anything like me just <laughs> yep. dancing around throwing your bow yelling yep. so let's do the walk up like what what happened what's your emotions like i i didn't even go up to him uh right away i just called my buddy who i hunted out there with and i was like dude i got him he's laying here dead and he's like, how big is he? And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm not going to go up to him until, you know, I'm like, I have no idea. What he's he that is, three-inch spike, the twin. He's one, He's like <laughs> thing one and thing two. <laughs> so I'm like, you. he lives just like five, ten minutes away from there. Yep. So he's like, I'll be there in two minutes. Just, you know, give me a second. So he died in the neighbor's field. So I'm like, rather than dragging him, you know, four or five hundred yards, I'm like, we'll walk up. And, you know, we walked up, me and him together, and – I thought he was just going to be a straight eight, but he ended up being nine point, and he was as big as I thought he was. So and I was, yeah. What was he? Needless to say, uh, he's a nine point. He's got uh, he's got five on the left and four on the right. He's got kind of short brow times. Yep. But he's a, he's a three year old, and for never we've never shot a deer off that piece. We've hunted it for like four years. And I've never seen a buck this nice out uh, out there on the hoof yet either. Yep. So, <laughs> did you put a tape on him? Yeah, he's right right at around one twenty. Oh, badass dude! That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, he looks he he'd score a lot nicer if uh, his brow times were more than an inch long. But I really don't care. He's a three year old. He's got he's got eight inch twos, eight inch threes. Yeah. He's got twenty inch. He's got twenty inch beams. Well, and the reason why I asked, like, I mean, score doesn't, I mean, yeah, it means something, but for people listening, right. it kind of gives a pencil a picture of like, okay, yeah, that's, that's, you know, it gives and, a good idea of how big the deer is. Right. And I want to have a goal of 130 and better, like that's what I shoot for, but I don't have very many of these 120s on my wall yet. So, and I, sh- I pretty much I'm shooting for three years and older yep. and he's three years old. So. Well, dude, it's a, it's a stepping stone. Like. Yep. You know, it it's the deer I shot in Michigan this year. He gross scored at one eighteen, and he's a four year old all day. Like, yep. you know, that's you know around us, a four year old doesn't come around every every day. Uh, no, you know, nope. and it's like he's just a lot of people might look at him like that's a shit rocket, but I'm like that's a that's a trophy to me. Like that's a hammer, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I want to kill the biggest deer in the country, but like you said having a goal of 130 i don't have a lot of 130s running around i didn't have one on camera this year in michigan you know so yep. the top 10 percent of my bucks are going to be that 110 to 120 range so it's like yep. that's where i'm setting my goal now yep. i'm going to adjust that a little bit if one shows up and i don't get excited about it then i'm not going to shoot that deer but like yep. that's what i'm shooting for and everybody yep. else is you know scenarios are different you know we have mutual friends that have probably some of the best hunting ground in central michigan that shoot toads every year and they're the ones looking at you like why would you shoot that And it's like well i don't have a scenario like you i don't have thousands of acres and you know so it is what it is yep and like the like the spot out there everyone around like your your uh family farm's not too far uh from there where you yeah you poached a deer off of our place (laughs) yeah that's right you gotta remember you gotta tell your listeners that i snuck out right by where you hunt and pulled this bad boy out of there you you were on i hunt on the it would be the east side of the section you killed him on the west side of the section yeah yeah there's a few properties in between you and us but hey i'm happier in hell for you man that's awesome for you to do that and you know, the thing is, is you went through a lot. You and every hunter does it. Just a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't as honest about it as right. you know, everything's a big freaking secret. But for you to come on here right. and say, like, yeah, dude, I fucked up. I pussed up. How many deer in the last, how many years? And you oh. know, and you even said it. Like, 
you know, I thought the crossbow was the easy button. I'm glad that right. you went back to the compound and really like started getting primitive and, and really trying to like hone in on it. Cause that tells me it's like, okay, yeah, you're fucking serious about it. Let's go, you know, like yeah. take the next step kind of thing. Yep. That's awesome, man. Well, congratulations. That's badass. <laughs> yep. I appreciate it. I'm sitting here holding them in my hand right now. Looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> Probably strapped in your truck on the, with the seatbelt yeah. and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, congratulations, and uh, I think we're going to cut this loose here. I, I appreciate you coming on and doing this, dude. Yep, anytime. Hopefully I got another good story for you next year. Go shoot that Hell, spike, I, and then we'll talk about that. <laughs> hey, I'm not I'm not done this year. I got some of that, that public up north of here. That, that one buck's, I don't know if he's still alive, but he was alive the day before rifle season, so yeah. see what the Orange Army left for me up there. There you go. Get up there and kill one, man. Yeah, you got to get your fourth buck yet this year. So, well, I, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm falling into that place of like house build, and then my cameras have completely died. And, yeah. uh, you know, well, that's the story of gun season in Michigan, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. You know, but I, I, I'm like excited to go up to my family farm, where around where you killed this deer, and I just want, I just want to go through a hang and bang somewhere. And, you know, some thermal cover when it gets real cold. I love bow hunting in the snow. So, like, you know, maybe the next week or two, I'm going to start throwing a couple sits at it and see what happens. I might shoot the first spike that comes by just so I can have a four buck here. <laughs> yeah, don't shoot those uh, Don't shoot those twin spikes out there. <laughs> those are future 200s, man. That's right. <laughs> well, good deal, man. You have a good rest of your, your week, and uh, appreciate it again. Yeah, good luck the rest of the year if you try to make her out. Thanks, man. All right, there you have it. Thank you very much, Kevin, for coming on. That is greatly appreciated. What a story. I mean, it, the struggle is real. A lot of people relate to that. A lot of people just don't want to admit it. You know, a lot of people won't come on and say, hey, this is happening. I'm glad he did it. Um, you know, he's growing. He's he's getting more experienced, and he's learning a lot. So that, uh, that says a lot. So congratulations to him again. And uh, thank you guys, everybody, for all the downloads and all the the uh, reviews it is greatly appreciated and don't forget we'll be right here next week on the fall podcast you want to succeed you want to fish you want to be one of the greatest tune in to west marines life on the water presented by costa custom boats every saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m eastern on waypoint tv Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.